0: Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday morning podcast. Bream Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. Occasionally, I, um, well, we live down by the Green Lake area, so occasionally we uh, walk around Green Lake and, uh, the other, last time we were walking around Green Lake, I was reminded, and sometimes when I drive by, I'm reminded back in 1970, in the fall of 1970, when I was playing football at Lincoln High School, and uh, we were doing our training, uh, preseason training actually, uh, where we had to just run up in lower woodland, you know, and so forth, and so uh, one day our assignment was to run around Green Lake. How many of you have run around Green Lake? Whoa! I'm impressed. How many of you walked around Green Lake? Okay, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Green Lake is 2.8 miles circumference roughly around the lake. So, uh, we started out, and I was obviously, I mean, I was a lineman. I was a tackle. Um, I was not a sprinter, and I didn't consider myself a runner, but we worked hard to get ready. So, we started running around Green Lake. I got about 25% of the way around the lake, and all of a sudden, I just... It was like you know those dreams where you're running and you yeah, you don't know you know, your legs are just kinda you just can't get there. I just I, I could not, I just was so hard. And I and I I got about two thirds around the lake and I was just dying. I was probably the last person, I think maybe Sam Derezis the other tackle, was with me. Um and he was the only one slower than me on the team, I think, you know. And I, I, don't, I don't think I finished. I think before I got to the end, I had to stop. And, you know, Green Lake, you know, 2.8 miles around Green Lake. And uh, we started at the Aqua Theater. You know where that is, okay? So that's where we started because our practice field was lower woodland. We started at the Aqua Theater and off we went. It was a nice sunny day. It was early September, maybe late August. It was early September after Labor Day. And we were running around the lake and it started out good. But here's the problem. The problem, here's the problem. The problem is that I could, as we're running around the lake, I kept looking at the aqua theater because that's where we had to finish. And I kept looking at it thinking, I've got this far to go around the lake. And you can't help but see, there's no place on that path that you can't see the aqua theater. And I Kept looking at that thing, and I kept looking at that thing, and I, and I was just dying. And finally, I got you know close to the to the. I don't think it was sunset yet, but you know, um, <laughs> got close to the, to the lake, and uh, and, that, and and I stopped. I couldn't I couldn't run anymore. Two point eight miles. Almost eighteen years old. Played football, basketball, through the shot put. Was very healthy and very active. I could not make that lake. I had, I'm surrounded by these beautiful guitars up here today. we got a Fender, we got a Taylor. I don't know, what do you got back there? Schechter, nice. I have a friend who um, works in guitar business, and he had a guy one time call him and ask him, wanted to talk about an Epiphany guitar. Pif- Epiphany guitar. Finally, my friend said, do you mean Epiphone? <laughs> so... <laughs> I had an epiphany one time playing basketball about 10 years ago in my 50s in the gym over here I was playing basketball with the guys from Shorewood that came and played basketball with us and I loved playing with those guys it was fun I really I look forward to it we would go out at three o'clock play till about five o'clock we play uh, the clock and you play two games sit out a game if there were more than eight guys. And I just loved it. One day I had an epiphany. I thought to myself, because these guys were young, you know, and, uh, and I could keep up with them. I could keep up with them running. Not dunking or anything, but running. And I thought to myself, you know, I am up and down this basketball court for two hours sometimes. And I didn't ever feel winded. I didn't really work up a sweat, but I never wanted to quit. And I thought to myself, why couldn't I run around Green Lake but I could run up and down this basketball court all afternoon in my late 40s, early 50s and just love it and enjoy it and look forward to it. And my epiphany was, I think the problem is, it's all up here. Some of you are distance runners, right? And it's all up here. Because the problem with Green Lake for me was I kept looking at the aqua theater and I knew how far I had to go still and it just killed me. If I laid out 40 or 50 basketball courts in a row, you know, and looked at the end, I probably wouldn't go out and play. But up and down, up and down, because the court is right in front of me. The goal is right in front of me. The hoop is actually called a goal in basketball. And because it was right there and I could see it and I knew it back and forth, I never thought in terms of the distance. And that was my epiphany, that it was in my head. I should have, and I could have easily run around Green Lake if I hadn't have just kept focusing on how far I had to go. I'd like to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12 this morning. We're just going to look at a couple of verses. we we'll continue our study through Hebrews. We're slowing down, like I mentioned, through 11, 12, and 13 because there's just a lot of practical application and things that that our, we can apply to our lives. Well, let's pray. Father, as we open your word for these next few moments, we pray that we'll listen to your word, we'll hear your word, and uh, live by your word, Father. And we thank you for it and the freedom we have to come and open it and, and proclaim it and teach it. In Christ's name, amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. The apostle says, whoever this author is, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. This is a running uh, theme here. Now, you know, in the, in the Roman world, there are, there are these theaters, every place you go in the Roman world, where it's in Greece, and Israel, and Rome... Asia Minor, you'll see these theaters. And we were there last time, last two times I've been there. We've sat in these theaters. They're they're steep because of the acoustics. And uh, they're they're stone seats. And the apostle here would have this in mind, of coming into a theater and being surrounded by this cloud of witnesses. Thanks, Cliff. Now, this, this cloud of witnesses, I don't think I want to suggest from this passage. There are different opinions. I don't think the point here is to say that all these people in heaven are, are visibly watching us. I, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot to go on doctrinally to tell you that everybody in heaven can see me and see what we're doing and so on. Re- regardless of that, I don't think that's the point. The point here is, in chapter 11, we have gone through the life of all these various people of, of tremendous faith, who lived by faith, who died by faith. And we, we've talked about these individuals and the example that they left, these Jewish Christians. This is the epistle to the Hebrews. These are Jewish believers. This is the context. And I think his point here is that what we are surrounded by is this story of faith. We are surrounded by a story of faith, of people who have lived Walk with God. We've sung this beautiful music this morning. Thank you so much. The, the palm of His hand, being in the palm of God's hand. Savior leading us, guiding us, walking with us, caring for us. These are people who, who walked and lived this. People who didn't know Christ, who didn't know the end of the story. We're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. We're at the end of chapter 11 where he says that, that God has planned, some, planned something better for us so that only together with us they would be made perfect. That's kind of an interesting statement. And, and, and so we're surrounded by this story of faith, these Jewish believers. This is your story. This is what you're surrounded by. And therefore, since we are surrounded by such a, such a great cloud, and, and the word here for cloud really is, is the Greek word. It's not just for a cloud, like a single cloud in the sky. It's for like a bank of clouds, like a cloudy sky, uh, looking up and seeing all the clouds. he it says "This this cloud of witnesses that surround us, like being in a theater, and he says this, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I want to look at the end of that verse. Um, when he's, you know, the word for run there is actually the word we get agony from. You know that? It's the word Agon. Does that sound familiar? Agon, agon, agony, (laughs) agony. It's actually the word we get agony from. The word itself implies exertion. It it implies work, hard work, endurance, running. Uh, I admire those of you who are distance runners. I never was and never will be a distance runner. And obviously, okay? And... um, and, and, and the, the perseverance, the agony sometimes that's involved when you watch someone come across the finish line. I remember going to watch Casey down at Lower Woodland. Casey's, Casey's here. She's on staff this summer with us, going to be working with us this summer. So you'll be seeing her around in various ministries. And she's uh, second year at Lipscomb, 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 Lipscomb something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Lips, Lipscomb. They're finished her sophomore year. Casey ran for, uh, for Kings. And we remember going down to watch her down at Lower Woodland, and uh, I remember my daughter running uh, down lower woodland as well. And seeing when they come across the finish line, how exerted they were. How exerted they were. Because they put all into that run. This is the word here. Agon. Ag- agony. He says, let us, let us run with perseverance. The agon marked out for us with perseverance. You know, this is the concept of a marathon runner. A long distance Runner, And the apostle says, look it, we are surrounded by these witnesses, these people who live by faith. It wasn't easy. Their lives weren't easy. But they walked by faith. We have the witness of this faith. So in light of this, let us run the course. Yes, there's going to be exertion. Yes, it's going to be difficult. Yes, it's going to be challenging. Yes, it's not sitting in a chair. But let us run with perseverance, the race that is marked out for us. You know, it's interesting. I, I just, I'm thinking about this a little bit this week. What this, this idea, you know, the, the race that is marked out for us. Is that just a general statement? Is that just kind of a general statement? Like, you know, when we all get to heaven, joy, you know, there'll be something for all of us. Or is it for each individual? Has God marked out a, a course for you and for me? Do each of us have a course that God has already established? Uh, I personally believe, I personally believe, uh, I took my first breath in 1952 in November at Swedish Hospital, downtown Seattle. I believe God knew when I would draw my first breath. First breath. and I firmly believe God knows when I'm going to draw my last breath. My father drew his last breath in the very same hospital, 1961. Uh, I, you know what? I think God knows that. Uh, God's planned that. I believe in the sovereignty of God. I also believe in our responsibility and free will. I, I don't have to figure it out. I, I know they're there, but I believe that my race is marked out for me. I believe your race is marked out for you. It's a it's a marathon. It's a long. It's not a sprint. It's not a 50 yard dash or a 100 yard dash or a 100 meter dash. It's the race that is marked out for you. And for me, for these individual Hebrew Christians, I believe. And the apostle says, so that case, let us run with perseverance. But we're kind of working backwards in this verse, aren't we? And how he starts off in this phrase, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. The word for for entangle there has this idea of impediment. You know, when, when, you, when, when you do run a long distance, I know I've watched you run long distance races, and I, don't, and I know you don't wear a football outfit. <laughs> you know, you wear as li- little as possible, don't you? I mean, even the shoes you, you runners buy, uh, you know, you, you're, not, you're not buying boots, you're buying the most lightweight, every, every ounce matters when you're, when you're up against a clock, when you're running a race. Everything matters. And you try to go as light and with as little impediment as possible. And the apostle here says, let us throw off everything. What is it in our life? What is it in my life? God is a a course marked out for me. What is it in my life that that causes me to to run like I'm in one of those dreams where I can hardly get my feet off the ground, or like I'm two-thirds around Green Lake and, and wanting to stop? What are the impediments? Well, I know what the impediment that day was. The impediment for that day was Focusing on how far I had to go. That was impediment. What is it in your life? What is it in my life? And what is the sin? You notice it says, and that's a proper translation, because in the Greek, the definite article, the, is there. An indefinite article would be a or a or, you know, nothing. But the sin. What was the sin? Well, in the context of the Hebrew epistle, we know that, The sin that is really drawing these people is going back to Judaism, going back to the law, going back to legalism. What is it in my life? What is it in your life? You know, I've I've noticed in in my journey and in, in journeys with so many people as a pastor, we all have areas of our life that are uniquely challenging to us. We all have them. We all have areas that are uniquely challenging to us. With the Apostle Paul, remember he came to the Lord Jesus Christ and he prayed three times what? Please remove this thorn in the flesh. Satan has given, remove it. Three times I begged God. And God said what? My grace grace is sufficient for you. He didn't take it away. We don't know what it was. It may have been his eyesight. That may have been a challenge. That may have been an impediment. That may have been a discouragement for him. It could have been something else. You may struggle with a, a, a character trait. You may struggle with a habit. You may struggle with certain things in your life that that has just been part of your life for a long time because of just just who you are. And we all have these things that that can be impediments and it's not easy to, to cast them off. It's not easy to throw them off. It is easy to go back to them. And the Apostle Paul says, take those things off and particularly watch out for that sin that so easily trips you up and entangles you and run with perseverance the race set out for you. One thing, uh, the beautiful thing about the scripture is that God never just tells us what not to do and leave us there. That's not always real helpful, is it? Someone tells you, well, quit doing that. Well, okay, but got any ideas, suggestions, you know? It's not that easy to quit doing that. The Bible God gives us, you know, Paul says, take off and put on. And the apostle here says this, after he has said to take these things off, here's the help, here's his suggestion, here's the answer. Verse 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Amen? Amen. Fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter. The word Finisher, perfecter, completer of our faith. And notice what it says. The Lord Jesus Christ knew about this. We were talking on our way to church today when Gene Berg and we were talking and we were sharing about the you know the idea that 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 G, you know when when the Bible says that Jesus is well aware of our temptations, well aware of our challenges in life. Why? Because he went through those. He was tempted in all ways like me and like you. Always. Always. He suffered the the death on the cross of Calvary. He suffered that torturous, humiliating, physical death on the cross of Calvary, the cross behind me that, that reminds us of that. And the author here says, look at Fix your eyes on Jesus. You know, oftentimes I've read this passage, my mind has sort of automatically thought in terms of, fix your eyes on the, on the finish. Fix your eyes on, on heaven. Fix your eyes on what's going to be there. But that's not what it says. He doesn't say, fix your eyes on the aqua theater. He says, fix your eyes on what's in front of you. The Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I could play basketball for a long time. I could still do it today, maybe not quite as long, but I could do it. and I would enjoy it. Maybe I want to get there and play let's do it. Um, it's fun. And because I, I don't, it, the goal's right there. I can see it the whole time. It's, it's, right, it's right there, and I don't have to worry about getting there. It's right there. And occasionally the ball goes in the goal. You know <laughs> Hook shot, right? Hook shot. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He's right in front of you. It's not the aqua theater on Jesus. It's simple. It's so simple. And yet it's something that, I don't know about you, but it's something I need to be reminded about every day. Why is it so easy to forget? Why is it so easy? Why is it so easy after all these years to to, to forget, to just spend some time with the Lord Jesus Christ? Why is it so easy to forget, to just stop and spend time in his word, spend time in prayer, to spend time like we have today, worshiping together, singing these songs, lifting our hearts, praising God. What we're, what, when, when, when we're singing together and, and our friends are are leading here and they've, they've, they've practiced, they've, they've put work into it, but the, the point is not, it's not about them, it's about, it's about lifting our hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. And we need to be reminded of what the Apostle here says. Who for the joy set before Him, the goal set before Him was the joy, He endured, he endured the cross. It was horrible. But He endured it. He scorned its shame. It was a shameful, worthless, degrading way to die. Anybody that walked by and saw him on the cross of Calvary, it was the the most worthless, degrading thing and person to be on that cross. He's the God of the universe. And for the joy set before him, he endured. Endured it. It didn't say he, he didn't. It didn't say he closed his eyes and just you know God just took care of him. He didn't feel any pain. Just, no, he endured that agony. He endured it, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider, friends. Consider, the word here is give some serious thought. Give some serious thought to this. Create some space in your life. I know you're busy. and I I know a lot of you are really busy right now, your lives. There's a lot going on. But are we too busy to create some space in our lives to remember Jesus Christ? To focus on Him through His Word? To praise Him all day long? not just on Sundays. To give thought, to consider, consider Him who endured, Is our word again, endured such opposition from sinful men that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Have you ever endured opposition from sinful men and women? Maybe even friends, believers. Have you ever endured that? It's not easy. It's hard. Jesus did. These were his own people. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. He endured it. Why? For the joy set before him. What was that joy set before Christ? What was that joy? What was the joy? He's God. What was the joy set before Christ. What was it? Was it simply going back to heaven? Was it simply going back to where he came from and sitting at the right hand of God? I don't know. I would invite your discussion on this. Is it possible that the incredible joy, you know, we are made in the image of God, which suggests our God has emotions too, And feelings, the Bible says, I'm a jealous God. He's a God of love. God of, He hates, He loves. Could it be that that joy, that thrill, that expectation set before Jesus Christ was the accomplishment of salvation for myriads of human beings that are going to spend eternity with Him that are His body of Christ. The Old Testament saints, friends, the Old Testament saints whose, whose very acts of faith, of sacrifice, depended on the cross at Calvary. Was it this final explosion of joy in heaven? When Christ sits down at the right hand of God and Satan is defeated. Many of you have been studying Revelation and Bible study fellowship this year. Others have been reading it. Revelation. God wins and Satan loses. Amen. The joy set before Him. Isn't it amazing that the joy set before Jesus Christ involves me, my little pittance of existence and presence in this universe and you, that I was in His heart and mind and the joy set before Him when he was placed in that tomb, and when he rose the third day, that the joy was that salvation is complete. For the joy set before him. So listen, friends. We are surrounded by stories of faith. We are surrounded by, I am surrounded by stories of faith. I am surrounded by stories of faith in this word. I am surrounded in this building, and I know I hesitate. I, you know, I don't like to. You know, I knew I grew up here, and so I don't. You know, I don't want to dwell on things that so many of you maybe can't connect and relate to. When I mention names like Wilson Fossey and Tully Roach and all these people that, and, and, and that sat here in our congregation who were my spiritual fathers, Carl Christensen is sat sat right there. Thank you, Father. I can I don't have very good Norwegian, sorry. <laughs> and the women of faith in our congregation who who uh, God has called home. I'm surrounded. My life, your life. And and some of you right now, these these dear children, these dear children that are saying to us today, someday are going to remember you and your race will be over but they're going to remember you and you are going to be part of their story of faith. Your life matters, friends. You make a difference. God has called us, God has given us privilege to be a part of this story of faith. And it deeply, deeply matters. So I ask you today, and I honestly say this, I ask myself first. I'll never ask anything of you that I don't ask of myself because I'm just like you. Will you spend time this week with the Lord Jesus Christ? Will you look unto Jesus? You've got a lot of things to look at this week. You have a lot of things today to look at. But will you take time to create space and time in your life to look to Jesus Christ? to remember the cross at Calvary and the joy of the resurrection. To focus our thoughts on Jesus Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that I believe includes you and me, set before him, endured the horrible cross of Calvary It looks so nice in our church because it should. It's part of our architecture. Everything in this church sweeps up there, right? Everything. The cross in Jerusalem was the old rugged cross with his blood on it. But he endured it because he loves us. And friends, will you endure? Will you endure as well, even when it's hard? I want to close with this. You know, I just I've been thinking about this. This race marked out for me. You know, the race marked out for me, it could be thirty more minutes, it could be thirty years. I have no idea. Would it be a good thing if my life was like a run around Green Lake? and God painted the finish line for me so that I could spend the rest of whatever time I have left would it be a good thing for me to to run that race with my eyes constantly focused on the finish line i'm not so sure it would be it would be you know sometimes it would be nice to get a little glimpse wouldn't it I am not. I kind of think, at least for me, I can, I can just speak for myself. I kind of think for me, I probably would spend the rest of my life, whether it's 30 minutes or 30 years, and anything in between, I think I would spend the rest of my life with my eyes on that picture of the, of the finish. And you know what? At least for me, I think I'm better off on the court for one day with my eyes on the goal, of Jesus Christ and each day run that race and let God put the courts together so that they'll finish where He knows. I think that's a better plan for me. I think it's a better plan for me for this day Sunday, May 22nd, 2016 to focus on Jesus Christ on the court he's put me in today, the author and finisher of my life, he'll take care of the, the race. He's marked it out. He's marked it out for you. Why? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. Isn't that worth an amen? You guys, come up and let's close our service. Appreciate it so much. The songs you've shared with us today. I think we're gonna sing Amazing Grace. Okay? Let's sing it and let's sing it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Please stand with us. The apostle wraps up this section. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as sons, as children. I don't think he's so much I don't think the focus is so much on you haven't faced martyrdom yet. I think he's focusing back on the cross of Calvary. Jesus shed his blood for us. God has called us to endure and to live a life of faithfulness and joy and celebration and dependence on him. Next Sunday, Pastor Gary is going to share with us the next section. I just give you that verse because it leads into the next section, which is a very interesting topic. It's discipline. What does that word mean to you? Is it a negative word or a positive word? Next week, Pastor Gary is going to share that section. I hope you'll come back. It's Memorial Day weekend. If you're in town, come and join us. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love for us. I thank you, God, that you've chosen to love us. You love me. Only I know how little I deserve your love. Every one of us, that's our story. We know. We know, Lord. But we also... Trust your word. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, his only begotten son, that whoever would ever believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And I just, Lord, I just pray today if there's one person here who does not know Christ as Savior, that they would just, you would just help them today to understand by your Holy Spirit what joy there would be in the heart of God today, what joy there would be if they would simply receive through simple faith your offer of salvation by grace. If they would just receive it this day and say yes to you and we would celebrate together the joy in heaven over one sinner who's come and received salvation. In Christ's name we pray today.